Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the show tonight. Uh, it's one half of your favorite dynamic duo, as Hanif will be taking the second hour. Um, I want to sort of focus on a topic which is completely prevalent uh, across the United Kingdom and especially in the United States, and I think it's an important issue. And given the platform I've been given, I feel it's only right to talk about it. And given that you have nearly 36% of Blathenic ethnic minorities in the Premier League. 76% of your NBA stars are from a black background. 36% of all your ethnic backgrounds are in the uh, in Major League Baseball. Sports and black, life and, and black and Asian and ethnic minorities just go hand in hand. So with that being said, I want to introduce you to Mavina Newton, who is the CEO and founder of the Angels and Youth Identifying Disadvantaged and Marginalized Youths. She's also a part-time lecturer at the Leeds Beckett University in the Social and Health Community uh, Studies. So Mavina, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much for inviting me to. Uh, so Mavina, if you just want to give a little bit about yourself on top of what I've given and sort of what you do and you know how you came about to doing what you it is that you do. So, what my background is really on social activism, giving a voice to those who are marginalised and disadvantaged to be able to have a say in the community that we live in, tackling racism on a daily basis and making sure that we can eradicate that in our community. When it comes to Black Lives Matter League, it came out to co-production from different community voices and different community activists and different community leaders who, in the light of what happened in 20, 2016 and seeing what was going on around the world, we just wanted to create a safe space where we're going to have these conversations strategically implement change, be able to ma measure social impact and be able to drive the agenda to tackle racism and be able to just give people that voice to know that black life simply just matters in our region, in our city, in our world. And for those who might not be aware of what happened in 2016, do you just want to give a brief... Um, brief background of what happened in 2016 which really triggered this movement where all the athletes and the stars were really getting involved so a good background is to take you to um, Trevor Martin in 2014 and the conversation of Black Lives Matter obviously started from that origin really where community organisations were already forming and creating um, a campaign around it we then decided to look at some of the police brutality cases that obviously based on Ferguson um, and making sure we amplify the voices of those who are not heard. Um, when an unarmed black man is shot dead with no reason and no police officer is obviously prosecuted, it just keeps showing that black bodies are not respected that bodies are policed in a different way. That bodies constantly have to fight to get their voices heard. And for four years, we've known that members are tired of hearing and having the same conversation. Trayvon was only a young man. And then we've got Judge Zimmerman who did not get prosecuted and was obviously set free even after the allegation of what he's done, Ferguson helped catalyze a movement to which we would all have to give our lives to as um, organizations to network and have black politicians who criticize the legislation of benefits of Black Lives Matter. So when it came down to the upon, the we needed to go back into history. David Oluwale was a Nigerian-born who lived in Leeds, who was put, um, brutally killed by the police. We had the first racial justice case in, in Leeds based on his death. So when we talk about police brutality, it's nothing new in the UK. 
it's something that we also need to be able to address clearly and be able to stand our grounds on and making sure West Yorkshire Police can be transparent in the independent reviews of how they they stop and search, how they work with sentencing with CPS, and but also how they allocate reallocate funds to black organizations and groups to be able to do the work they need to do to make their community safe. Why why has it taken um something in america to really trigger a movement here uh because from 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 sort of my sort of circles and again given social media and stuff the black lives matter movement in the uk wasn't that big up until you're killing your sort of killings in america so why is it sort of taken that to really push a movement in the uk so i can't in the uk obviously they started the movement in solidarity and they saw the structure of it and used it because that was the whole point of Black Lives Matter when it was created. It was created to create a unique, resounding solidarity and created a model that can be used by anyone in country. So you can apply that to racism anywhere. When it came to the UK, there were loads of people still doing stuff behind the scenes. The movement and the membership was actually quite big. When they called for protests and um, events, there were more than thousands and thousands, thousands of people that went. But I can only speak about Leeds. When it comes to Leeds, even when it was created, the work on anti-racism has always been on the ground. I've always worked with people around tackling the inequalities that came with racism. We've the conversation goes on and we don't wait for someone to die for the conversation to look at structural and systematic change on a daily basis. So I get where you're coming from, where it might seem and the way the media portrays it is to show that the only time that you see the big protests and the big events are when someone gets killed. But with Black Lives Matter leads, it's not about that. We're about looking at structural change, educational material, being able to empower the community, community funds to be able to tackle the inequality that are obviously disproportionately affecting our community, creating a voice that is able to allow and call out our allies to do something. Racism was not created by us. It should not be something that we should be trying to fix by ourselves because they intercepted our history, so we, they, they have to come into it as allies to stamp out the racism in their own households. So, talking about the Black Lives uh, Movement in Leeds, there was a, a scheduled protest for uh, Saturday, I believe, and uh, yeah. you, uh, it was said that it was organized by a different organization and that your protest would be online. Why is it that the protest that was organized by the different group is now going to be cancelled and why couldn't it not be in a conjunction with yourselves? It wasn't organized by any of the black people that I knew in the community. It wasn't actually organized by the people that they... So let's make it clear. Organizing a protest in the time of the pandemic you need to be careful. Black bodies are four times likely to die and contact this disease. So why are we, if we say Black Lives Matter, going to organize an event without putting the right safety guidelines to be able to create a good social distancing process? We do not want to organize and we know that there's a lot of need for people to gather and share their views and grieve together and mourn the loss of our brothers and sisters and be able to echo what's happening in UK. But that does not mean that we'll put the safety of, of our communities that are paramount to the message of Black Lives Matter in jeopardy. So what we're calling for is for let's work together as a consortium, which we have, We've contacted all organizations or all individuals, both black or white, who might have organized something this week to say, can we work as a consortium <coughs> on a plan of action 
to be able to organize something structurally and be able to make sure the public is safe. So hence why we said we'll do something online on Sunday and we'll be able to look at something to do in the next week on the 14th. I, in the I, I understand where you're coming from, but do you not believe that with what happened in London uh, a day or two ago and Birmingham, that that makes a bigger impact and that makes a bigger statement than going online? I don't think... I think everybody has the right to protest. We've been protesting, we've been marching, we've been talking about this, we've been... Everybody has heard us talk about this. I know as a city we all want to galvanize and do something point given but we this is black lives matter is not a trend we don't just react we need to be proactive we need to have structure we do not need to follow what everybody is doing to look at getting that five minutes of fame because it's a hot topic because after the five minute window black lives are still gonna matter we're still gonna be doing the work to take those changes we're gonna be working with our council we worked effectively with the council to be able to get the statement in solidarity and get the, the lights. Um, the, the council lit up in purple for George Floyd. We're also getting statements from all key partners and corporate responsibilities being placed by organizations. So we're looking at the decolonizing the education system. Yes, people can go and march and you see the numbers and you see the people together and it's great for what happens afterwards. Protests can work in different ways, but we are trying to start a social movement. So you can have a protest without the social impact of what happens next, or you can sit down and plan and make sure you have strategic recommendations to hold the council and systems and police systems and businesses and funders to reallocate resources into the black community. I would go for that all day, every day. I would celebrate what brothers and sisters are doing across ponds. I celebrate the numbers that are coming out in, um, in solidarity. But after the limelight and the spotlight is done, what's going to happen next? That's all I care about. So it's interesting that you talk about sort of the police accountability. Now, after the Stephen Lawrence trial uh, and case way, way back some 20 the, some now 20 years ago uh, the McPherson paper was issued and it released the 70 improvements that the Met Office should make do you believe that the Met Office have made appropriate steps to get involved with not only blacks but the Asian and the ethnic minorities in the country so <laughs> on paper People can say what they want to say. In practicality, we know what we see in the community. Black and brown bodies have always been policed differently. Black and brown bodies have always been sentenced differently. Black and brown communities have always had different labels of standards that they have to be measured on, that sometimes is just unmeasurable. And enough is enough when it comes to trying to ask for permission from independent advisory groups that don't have our faces and our names in there. We need to take away the gatekeeper syndrome where key individuals are used as the token black and brown bodies that they use as the voices for our community. I can say this clearly, I cannot speak for all black people. Neither can someone like you to say you can't speak for all brown people. But what we need to do is be able to create more opportunities to give people a voice in the state of what the Met's doing and what West Yorkshire Police are doing, they should open the table and let them have a transparent procedure so the public can see how they come up with these policies, how they come up with these laws, how they come up with um, those, their stops and search pro protocols, how do they also come up with the sentencing, why can a white person commit crime and probably get the same with a black person and get lesser time and um, why are we then prosecuted harshly in hindsight so there's loads of this um there's loads of institutional racism that's heavily charged on unconscious bias 
based on white privilege that sometimes obviously systematically just goes on challenge constantly. So what the Met's office is doing, they can do what they're doing, but it's not transparent. And I still think it's not for the black people. And it's not for the black, brown people. And actually, I feel uncomfortable even saying black and brown people. Because at the end of the day, they see all of us as black. They see all of us in that in, in that category. So I also employ for my Asian community, for my other different melanated communities to realize this is a united fight. Because an attack on one is an attack on all. So we just need to be able to come and be in solidarity. This is not a time that anyone should be silent. We do, all need to speak out about this. But do you not, do you not believe using a, 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 a tag like Black Lives Matter sort of isolate, sort of makes it an isolated to one race, as in it's just mainly focused on black. I understand what you're saying, and I, as a man of colour, have been uh, subject to uh, a fair amount of racism in my time as I've been growing up, uh, but do you not believe that a, a different sort of mantra would be more inclusive? Because sometimes I feel personally that with it being BLM, that I can't, I don't have the same level of voice as one of my uh, one of my friends do, who comes from uh, an African background or a Caribbean background. So let's go back to when we were trying to fight for um, civil rights. Let's go back to when British government was launching Black History Month. Let's go back to when policing and riots were happening in Brixton, they labelled everyone. It was only recently they came with this BAME thing, which is Black Asian Minority Ethnic Group. Before, it was just Black Minority Ethnic Group, and Blacks and Asians were all labelled as one. We need to stop letting the narrative that the system creates to divide us, to make one feel like they're they're meant to come with their own name and their own specification because at the end of the day they're treating both of us the same so we've been called black originally as from beginning so i think black lives matter no one if you need to then sit there and think why do i feel as an asian man or a man of color feel uncomfortable with saying black lives matter and feel uncomfortable was saying, I don't feel included in it. Who taught you that narrative? Who made you feel that way? Because I know the black community hasn't done that. So that then means you need to think and decolonize your own education but, to realize but why sorry, do you feel that way? Sorry, you say that, but if I was to put an opinion uh, on, on your social media, or sorry, on my social media, should I say, I, I run the risk of being attacked if I don't have a statistic or have something that supports the Black Lives Matter movement? I certainly, I, 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 it, it depends what you post. If you say in your post on something around Black Lives Matter, are you saying if you posted it, someone would attack you I'm because saying, they think you're not black? No, I'm saying that I may be attacked by, an, uh, uh, by a member of the community because if, you know, I may not agree with... Yeah. I may not agree with a certain article or a certain post, or even if I do agree with it, sometimes I'm told it's not my issue to stand on, or espe okay. especially on social media. I'll give you an example, because what you said there is a loaded conversation, because I do not know any Asian person that has posted Black Lives Matter and has shared positive comments when it comes to... Well, I, I, I mean, I, I, I know I personally have, because I... To, I commented that the All Lives Matter movement was was uh, disrespectful, it was disgraceful, and that uh, the fact that they were using three T's was an indictment on the spelling and that it shouldn't it shouldn't be it shouldn't be used to hijack what is ethnic ethnic problems. So I know I I know and I I I feel that's unfair to say that um, you know, people within the Asian community haven't come out because I know many people I at this station. I did, not, I didn't say that. 
I, I've just said based on your opinion of what you said, I said that whatever, if you felt uncomfortable saying Black Lives Matter, you need to decolonize your own opinion. Because what you just said about All Lives Matter and you dis- disagreeing with it, that shows me and you on the same page. Because for me, when it comes back to that All Lives Matter argument, it's like a house being on fire. Imagine the house you're in is on fire right now and I then stand in the middle of the street and tell the fire brigade not to pour water on your house because all houses matter. Pour water on all the houses that are not on fire right this moment. What would happen is that your house would categorically burn down. So what we're saying when we say black lives matter, you cannot say all lives matter until black lives matter. And I think as a person of color, as a person of an, of an Asian background, you think to have the right to say something in the Black Lives Matter and not feel that anyone's going to judge you. And even though if they do, stand in your truth because it is your right to be able to stand in one because we all know that black and brown bodies get policed differently. No, I, so, sorry, I, I, I was sorry to cut you off, but I do 100% agree. And as I said, in my own sort of upbringing and background and um, what I've experienced, racism racism is alive and well. I know there's many jobs that I've not... I've, I, I mean, I can tell you from first hand that um, I have quite a solid education and um, I wasn't getting any... I wasn't getting any sort of uh, interviews and I remember changing my CV to... Uh, a friend of mine a very very good friend of mine who comes from a caucasian background and all the job interviews that i got rejected from all 15 he actually got an interview for so and along with many other things during college and stuff which we won't really go into but i'm i'm i want i'm i'm personally i want to say i'm 100 percent behind the movement um and i just and, and, and i, I know you and the funny thing about what you're saying is that those experiences you have is our black reality. We in our community, we laugh about it because we're so withered to it. Racism has now become like second nature. It's like we don't fight back no more. I don't know if you understand because when you fight back, it's almost like what happens to what victim blame? The first thing you hear when someone says, oh, our faces come up with that racism card. Don't bring the race card into it. People dismiss our pain. They dismiss our struggle. They dismiss your experience. What you're saying to me, and all I want to say is that, brother, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, and your pain is my pain. Hence why I say we need to not divide ourselves. We need to come on this banner. The banner is there already created. Let's utilize it. Let's mobilize it. Let's make it work. And even on top of that, I'm going to say to my dear white people, and I'm saying this in the best way, racism was not created by us. If you say you're nice white people that are not racist, I need you to put on your window that Black Lives Matter. I need you to have those challenging conversations in your household. Can you put that you love NHS and you'll clap for NHS every Thursday for 10 weeks? Now do that for the black community. Can you do that? Can you do that for that your friend that you have? If you are having black and brown babies and you say you love our culture, you love our music, you love our food, you love our everything, but you cannot say Black Lives Matter because you are on this All Lives Matter movement, that says a lot about you. And I think it's enough, it's enough. There's so much that the country has benefited from the bodies and the backs of black and brown people. There's so many post-colonial damage that has not been done. What we as a black people are going through is a trauma bond. Has anyone launched a phone line to look at the mental health impact of seeing ourselves constantly killed, constantly policed in the wrong ways? When you watch EastEnders or you watch Hollyoaks or you watch Emmerdale and you see a program that shows sexual abuse or bullying or at the end of the program what do you get a phone line call this line if you've been triggered by this scene in this movie i've not seen any phone line saying call this line as a black person if you've been triggered by the epidemic of racism because again we do not matter and until we keep saying black lives matter and they make that change you need to be observant in the media 
how many people of power are in the media depicting the diversity of what the media puts out? How many people of power are in the chief executive boardroom that are dictating that black lives are being seen in the healthcare system? How many people of power that look like me and you? We are educated people. I've got a microbiology degree. I remember working in the lab in St. James and I can count how many brown bodies and black bodies were in positions even in the lab, and when I was in uni, there was no <coughs> When it came down to the job, I was like, you could spot the black, literally. And we know what it is like if you watch the film Get Out. Get out yeah. You go into certain places, and you can just, you as a black person, you go into something they call code switch. Your accent change, your demeanor changes, because you're trying to not be a threat. Even as a black woman, as I'm speaking, I have to make sure my tone is calm, I speak softly, I smile a certain way, I don't even screw my face in any way, so I do not make people feel the same way, because that's the world we live in. If my hair doesn't look a certain way, it looks militant. People, there's so much things that need to be unpacked, and we need to stop that, because we don't even feel safe. How do you know who your black allies are? We know who our trans allies are, we know who our disability allies are, we know who our, our safeguarding officers are. Can you tell me you know who your, what white people are for you? Straight away. Uh, at work. I, I can't, I, at I, I can't, I'm afraid, no. And there is no investing in black people. Have you heard that before? There's investing in people and quality and diversity. Now, you can have training for everything. They are even allies to dogs. But we don't have an ally. And I'm wondering, launch a system. Can we have a black allies network? I want people to go through training to know how to use their white privilege to turn and be able to drop their white fragility on the doorstep and create opportunities for black people to occupy spaces. I want to see businesses. Before I work with you, I want to see how have you invested in black people? How have you invested in black and brown bodies being able to get equal opportunity? Don't tell me about you have your equal quality and diversity training. Allow that. I don't really care about that. Show me how are you investing in black and brown people? Is there a fund to enable black and brown kids to go to university without taking a loan? Is there anything? Have you heard that? We don't have this, those initiatives in the UK. Why? So, so I think, Why are those initiatives not there? So I think Cambridge. Like, I think sorry. I think Cambridge has. I think Cambridge has one, but that was not, that was after the um, the report that came out that Oxford and Cambridge were still. Uh, I think, believe ninety two percent of the recruitment came from a uh, within this country came from a white sort of middle class background. So I think Cambridge have now started one initiative. Or they're in the pro- or they're in the process of starting. Or they're in the pro- Sorry, are they in the process of starting one initiative? But to me, that's, I need the country to launch a black black university fund. They do. Why do I think they should do that? We need to look at the fact that British Empire had such a colonial, destructive past that they need to fix. I'm Nigerian born. I know how... Uh, we only just got our independence coming up about 50, 50 plus years. Do you know that the damage done by that system still affected? Let's talk about India. The same system that has damaged that. We need to be able to talk about how are you helping those places that you went to and you damaged. Let's talk about Windrush. Windrush is the best example of what modern day racism looks like. Come to our country, come and work for us, and guess what? We're done with you. Go back. Let's just call the thing what it is. We've been talking nicely, people have been protesting, and that's the only thing I've said to people that I am happy to protest when there's a structural systematic change. I'm happy to protest when I know we have a clear recommendation of what we're saying we want to see. I'm happy to protest when I'm able to say that. I have made sure you coming to my protest does not damage you and your family's life. And if anyone gets confused by that message and say, well, would it have a bigger impact that you do it now that everybody is doing it? Well, I would like you not to die. So 
if that means not dying from police brutality or dying from COVID, I'm cool with that. I am happy with that. I don't mind being labelled or called, I've been called all kind of names this week. It's almost funny. Bounty, obvious, <laughs> you know what those yeah, things are. Indeed, indeed and, I do. And I do not mind my brothers and sisters saying it. I'm actually cool because I can understand their pain and their anger and why they want to do something. But I'm not going to lie to you. I want to see a million white people march. Let them march and say Black Lives Matter. We didn't... When a terrorism act happens... Sorry, my... Let me just say this to you. No, it's okay. What's the first thing they call the Muslim community to do? We want you to come and denounce what's happening, right? Yeah. Say not in our name, right? Yep. Now I'm saying to the whites, dear white people, again, I want you to come out and say, not in our name, Black Lives Matter, it's simple. Because this is the reality. You can't give one rule to one person and another rule to the other. It's common sense. So, so, so your silence is sense. Sorry, so so speaking, so speaking on sorry personally, I I do remember specifically the when the seven seven attacks happened. I was in high school, and um, I remember, I remember, I remember things. I remember things for me personally, uh, changing in terms of how I was looked at when I went out and stuff like that. And I was only, I think, I believe I was only fourteen at the time. So I I do completely understand where you're coming from. Um, just. As we start closing the interview, I just want to I just want to ask, what do you feel about when specifically now focused on London, where people who were um, protesting also decide to vandalize uh, Whitehall? Um, what what do you want to say about that? And also, the next time you organize a protest in Leeds, how can you how can you yourself say with categorically that sort of vandalization and looting won't happen or what steps are you going to make to make ensure that doesn't happen when something happens in Leeds because you know BLM was sprayed all over Whitehall um, you know local businesses over windows and you know that 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 doesn't help this cause either that just alienates more people wouldn't you say so first of all when it comes to that we are allowed to protest and I would say, I really, I've never organized a protest that has never been peaceful. I've had them in the thousands, and I mean like 10 to 15,000 and more. And even the ones I've organized in London, I've had more than 250,000. We've never had any, any vandalism. I, I think it's based on, this is why it takes time to organize a peaceful protest. It takes a the kind of respect from the community for you to be able to enforce that not in my name. You're not going to come to my protest and act like that. But then also the anger behind that. So in America, we Great Britain cannot be great without us, point blank. We contribute to their history. So if people did, I'm not going to sit there and tell people that you can't be angry. But mine is that what message and what me, what are you trying to fit into their stereotypes? Are you trying to... What is the message you want people to remember you for? Because if I'm doing something, and if I'm organizing something, I cannot take responsibility for the actions of the few when the many have complied. So if people did stuff and they did it in their own accord, in America, we know most of the riots were incited by white people and some of them police officers. So you need to also look at what are the motives behind those things. Do you know if the, all the people that did that were black? Did you know whether there was um, an infiltration to cause a distraction so, to do with that? So, so, the, sorry, so, so sorry, the, the particular video clip I'm talking about, um, it was obviously, it was on the UK's favourite person, Katie Hopkins, uh, Twitter page, but it was a mix of black, white, and Asian people that were sort of scrolling BLM all over all over Whitehall, uh, and also okay. and also there was and also there was the video clip of uh, the police officer outside um, outside Number Ten who was trying to you know stop people from uh, 
was subject to slurs and throwing and stuff like that. Um, so that's that's the only reason I brought it up. Yeah, no, I get it. But did you see the police officer brutalizing the, um, the young black protester in front um, in London? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I, I, honest, Mavina, I have seen. Unfortunately, I've seen way too many clips and stuff this week of of uh, brutalize of brutalization. No, but this was just during the protest just recently, and we don't know what the trigger for those actions are. So until we know, except we were there, we cannot judge the action. But what I know I stand for is a peaceful process, there's no riot, there's no destroying of property, there's no destroying. I think I believe in more of economical power, being able to take, I believe in the black pound. So the way you can process the crime is knowing how you spend your money, who do you put your money in, and do they support black bodies, do they support black lives, do they do that? And this is what I'm saying to corporate businesses now. If we do not put a statement out in solidarity to Black Lives Matter, do you know that we will be calling you out? Mostly if you're in the Leeds and West Yorkshire area. We will be letting people know that you could not, in this, this issue, state Black Lives Matter. I don't want people to say I'm here to state against anti-racism. No. Say, I support Black Lives Matter. And what that means when you say that, I see you as black people. I put my privilege aside. I know you are in pain. I know that you are grieving. And my business will ensure that we invest in black people. And we will make sure you feel safe at work, at school, and in our business. I just, if you cannot say that, that's what Black Lives Matter means. Sorry, I just... I just quickly then onto the last couple of questions i want i want to say why are you talking about uh specifically the west york the the west yorkshire area um obviously sheffield being south yorkshire and with a prominent athlete like jessica ennis hill why why is it why is it that some why that's that some powerful stars in in uh, from ethnic backgrounds like you jessica ennis hills um in in America, specifically like Michael Jordan stuff, why when they are so prevalent and have that sort of clout within countries and are global icons, why haven't they come out and spoken out? Because whereas you have people like LeBron James and Steph Curry, especially LeBron James within America, he's very very sort of active with social economic matters. You have people like Michael Jordan and in this instance Jessica Anisil who really not said much and they also have the same, if not more weight, especially in terms of Jessica Anisil in this country about such a prevalent movement. When it comes to people, this is the thing about the Black Lives Matter movement. You can't be lukewarm. Your silence speaks louder than anything else. Your silence, this is what I say. If you're black and you're comfortable talking about black issues, then you need to fix up. You need to realize that this is the time you speak out. Mostly, I see myself as a black woman who is privileged. We all, we all have privilege, one way or another. Power comes from what you use your privilege to do. And unfortunately, we are taking notes of those celebrities that are not saying anything. It's not something you can be quiet about, you have to say something about it. So even our white celebrities, this is the time we're calling you to speak. In fact, let me just do it on the Yorkshire region. Speak out, because we know that racism now, I can deal with my overt racist. I would be honest with you, I can deal with my overt racist on a daily basis. But guess what? We don't get to even encounter them on that much anymore. We encounter the covert races, which is quite narcissistic, which is quite insidious, which is the ones that smile in your face, say, you know what, you're my friend, but can't even talk about your issues, can't even be your ally when you need them. So now I'm saying to everybody, celebrities and individuals and organizations and corporates, speak out or forever hold your peace. Your silence is being noted right this moment. Because NHS needs to put a statement out. And I don't want them to just say we stand in solidarity with George Floyd and what's going on. 
Wait, what are you standing in solidarity in Yorkshire? Tell me what you're standing for right now. And if you can't say that, then fair notice, we noted you. And it's not, we will just let you know that we'll call you out. And now, it's, do we just name and shame people? Seriously, I don't really, I'm not here for look up. I've got two brown, two black, beautiful Nubian kings and queens in the making. And I don't want no one to tell them after they've studied hard, they've worked best. And I know at home, I give them the best encouragement for them to go outside in public and someone treat them like second-class citizens. I don't know about you. Don't you feel that's not the legacy you want? Your parents fought for this. Your grandparents fought for this. We've already put our work in. Why are we still fighting in 2020? So people put Black Lives Matter on your window, yeah? Make sure you put stuff on. Use your social media. We're all at home, right? Some of us are back to work, but most of us are still at home. What are you doing in your household to tackle it? Also in the Asian community, do not feel like you're not included in this conversation. You are. You know how people racial profile a lot of the Asian community. When a crime has happened, you know exactly how you start fearing for your own community afterwards. This Muslim girl got killed. Look how people were silent. Those the people with silence when that happened. Uh, the uh, the the young girl who got who drowned in man. Oh, the um, the girl in the girl in Blackburn. Sorry, that you're referring to. Or the young or the young girl that um, that got shot. That yeah, they got shot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um. I mean, unfortunately, um, I think the the case is the case is still uh, ongoing, but. Unfortunately, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of infighting in terms of her her religious back her, her religious background. Um, you know, given there's different. I claim, if I claim her, right. and I say black lives matter in that case, right. I claim her and say that we need to speak out on that. I feel my Muslim brothers and sisters, and I march and I stand in solidarity with them. I see all my Asian community that match and stand in solidarity with them. I do not tolerate the fact that we are constantly, constantly, constantly being typecast into a narrative that does not fit us. We've got so much positive role models, but then don't speak about that. I hear people trying to talk about black and black crime, but why are we not talking about white and white crime that happens every day? When we talk about gangs, why don't we talk about the white gangs? When the police is doing their research on trying to think of potential criminals, when they do their list, why are they not focused on the white list? Because there are loads of them more than us. We only make 10% of the population, don't we? Why is it that we, as a minority, constantly, and this is why I want people to think about it, it is us as a minority. We are the minority and we need to speak out. But the majority, I'm calling all of you out. If you say you love us and you're nice white people, you can't no longer just say because I've got a black friend or I've got a black boyfriend or a black mother or I've got... No, now speak. Speak out. If people are going to be uncomfortable with what you post, what you say. Don't worry about the keyboard heroes. They're just keyboard heroes. Block them, delete them, move on with your life. Bullying online. If I just ignore you. I would just block you straight away and I would delete you. I don't encounter, I don't argue with people online anymore. It's not my job to teach you. But if you want, I don't mind doing black ally training. I am on the process of trying to organize a black ally training. I'm trying to organize a black ally network. Because I want to know who's for me. The same way they paint rainbows. And I love the LGBT community and the movement because we need to learn how they did that. Because the same way now, you can't say setting words to our LGBT community, we need to do the same thing for the black community because we need to be able to train police officers to be culturally sensitive, to know that when someone like me starts talking in a passionate way, I'm not being aggressive, that's just the way we talk. Why should, I'm angry, but does that make me an angry black woman? You're killing our people. My son's gonna grow up, I've got a son and a daughter. They're gonna grow up in a world where they can be seen as a threat. Um, maybe, you, so, yeah, sorry. Um, as sorry, the sorry to cut you off. It's just that the interview is now uh, sort of winding down. Uh, my final question to you is: 
what are you hoping with the moment sorry with the momentum that um has now been generated from this and in in my sort of personal opinion i don't believe there's been momentum like this for this movement ever what are you hoping to see this time around do you believe that this time there can be actual legitimate changes well not only do i believe there can be legitimate changes i'm going to implement those legitimate changes i'm going to implement the system change that needs to happen um i think this is a global pandemic racism is a virus that needs to be eradicated just the same they're trying to get immunization for covid i want them to work as hard as that to get immunization for racism it's just simple it's not an option anymore i'm not sitting back i don't want my children to be doing this when they grow up i don't know about you but i'm too tired i'm tired i'm tired that we're still talking about this we need to be able to eradicate prosecute and and, and give pure zero tolerance to discrimination and racism in our city in our country in our world and if anyone is not for that then we know who you are and we will work accordingly and we'll take the right actions and if people want to protest they can protest and if people are putting BLM on places and they see that as vandalism maybe because they're angry in America I do not judge anything that's been done they built that country on the back of black bodies the only thing i would say i do not condone black businesses and brown businesses being burned down or being destroyed i do not condone it and maybe also i do not condone riots where properties are destroyed but i understand it and i understand it so i am not going to sit here and openly say that i promote anyone doing that and any protest I do and while talking to you I can now see why it's important that we do one because the community and they are mourning we're grieving we need to go through this grieving process and also you need to remember the human rights law the act is going in January so with this policing of how they're policing protests at the moment we need to be able to still execute our rights and make sure that we still have the right to congregate because the way things are going they're going to try and stop us being able to meet in masses and start prosecuting us and if we don't take a stand our voice will then go away and we can't let that happen not today it stops today when black black lives matter don't care about this all life malarkey they need to just put that on the side and just say it i want everybody to say it Black lives matter. White, black, Asian, wherever you're from, black lives just simple and plain matters. Period. Marvina, thank you very much for your time today. Um, just quickly before we before I go, is there anything like you, you what socials you'd like to promote yourself or where they can find you if anyone wants to speak to you? Just quickly. So you can find me on Majestic Marvina on Instagram, Marvina Newton on Facebook. You can find me on Marvina Newton on Twitter. You can find us at BLM Leads um, on all social media platforms. Also, I want you to also be informed. If you see protests going on and they use the name BLM Leads, if not, contact us and let us know. Everything that we do will be on the official page. We are also going to be launching some some resources that to be able to start some training on Black Allies Network, and also we're looking at creating a holistic therapeutic way to support the black community through this traumatic time they're going through. Trying to, we're calling out for therapists, we're calling out for um, counselors to come on board so we can heal our community and move forward. We're also look, calling for funds to be redirected and resources to be redirected to black businesses and black organizations to be able to support the community to, to grow. We want more projects for our young people, so at least we can give them a better opportunity. We want more educational diversity. I'm going to decriminalize the education system. I don't want to just talk about black people during Black History Month and black 365 days of the year. I don't need a month to talk about my issues. I don't need a month to teach my kids what they are. I need the schools and the education system to do that, and I would help them to do that if they want that. Well, it's now about system change 
and for all the corporate organizations that say they want to stand with us, for black, Asian, white, whatever corporation, please do come in contact with me, get my information, let's have a sit down, let's look away from want. invite us into your boardroom. If you need training done to become an ally, we're more than happy to. But you need to put your money where your mouth is. Stop talking on empty hands. Start putting your resources back into the community that you have benefited from. To the music industry, to the definitely you've met, you've really benefited from black culture. Come on and do something. Come and speak out. To the media industry, stop promoting the propaganda. Stop making us look like the the, um, the perpetrators when we are the victims. And stop victims by That's all I can say to people, really. We all speak love. I speak love and light to everybody. But we need to come united at this. It's not black against white. It's us against racism. And if we can just be able to say black lives matter and know that it's a statement that is fighting racism, then it's simple and it's peaceful. And you can do this online. You can do this in your home. And when we call for protests, because I know I've got the pressure on my back to organize a protest, believe me, I will make sure I do it in the best way. So if you're event management and you're in the security and you know how to organize events, hit me up because I want to make sure I do the best socially distanced protest in Yorkshire. Uh, Marvina, thank you very much for being on the show. Uh, I wish you well, and hopefully, I will speak to you very soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, that was Marvina. Um, As I said, there was a different type of sports show today um, just because of the issues and what's going on. I felt like it was important to talk about. Hanif will be bringing you the second hour. Uh, So, guys, stay tuned. This is Wajid signing out. It's the Sports Show Boys. And as always, follow us on our social media. I am at Wajigani on Twitter and Instagram. Hanif is at RJ Hanif on Twitter and Instagram. And follow the Sports Show at the Sports Show 3. This is the Sports Show. This has been the first hour. This is Wajid signing out. I'll see you guys very soon. <laughs>